Hello, today is Friday, January 26th, and welcome to episode 290 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI's senior fellow, Lester Munson. I'm joined today by NSI's director of policy, John Lipsy, and my fellow senior fellow, Morgan Vigna. All right, we got a, a humdinger today, folks. We're going to talk about the uh, apparent collapse or near collapse or possible collapse of the border deal Ukraine aid, Israel aid, Taiwan aid package in Congress. Uh, for those of you who have not been tracking, for the last couple of months, senators have been negotiating compromises on U.S. border policy with the idea that those compromises, which would uh, include some toughening up of asylum processes and perhaps some other security measures along the border to be included with uh, President Biden's request for $61 billion in aid to Ukraine, which is also packaged with a significant amount of aid to Israel and aid to Taiwan. This uh, big compromise package might be uh, the biggest final legislative package to go through this Congress while Joe Biden is uh, in his uh, term or first term as president. So there's there's a lot at stake. Uh, recently, former President Trump has urged Republicans in Congress to resist any kind of deal on the border, implying that he would like to solve the problem should he become president again. And of course, he is a candidate for president. Uh, there were some remarks by uh, Leader McConnell uh, this week after a Republican meeting over lunch in the Capitol, in which he described uh, the situation and the political risk for Republicans, but also uh, articulating his continuing support for the negotiations and a package deal and his strong support for aid to Ukraine. So there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of issues going on. Morgan, let's go to you first. I know you've got some thoughts here about uh, what, is, what exactly is going on in Congress right now. Yeah, so I think there are a couple of things here. First, let's get one thing straight. Donald Trump is not head of the Republican Party. He is not an elected representative of the American people. He is not even the Republican nominee for president. So Congress deliberately not taking action because a candidate told them not to, quite frankly, is an affront to democracy here. Thing two, the theory was that when the president grouped immigration Israel, border funding, uh, Taiwan, Ukraine, all together in one package, that somehow it would be sail through Congress, I think is, you know, a complete false assumption. You know, and I disagreed with this approach from the get-go. I always felt that there was going to be more difficult to negotiate uh, this full package and delay needed assistance to our partners Um as opposed to getting this all together, because I just never thought you were going to be able to find consensus. Clearly that is playing out right now. Um, and I think the sad reality is that we had a chance to, for Congress to move this package in 2023. And now that we're in an election year, it is only going to be even more difficult to get anything done. John, that is the hottest of hot takes. What's your reaction? I don't have a reaction on, uh, on who, uh, on our candidates right now. But um, look, I, I think this is less about Trump, frankly, than just where the party is uh, more broadly in Congress and the House. Um, I don't think we, there was a chance to get it done last Congress uh, or it would have been done. I think uh, the, the border uh, trade was an effort to find a path forward. Um, I will, you know, it languishing until this year, until the campaign got underway, until we had primaries, you know, voted upon, made it 
I think, impossible. I think it was, uh, this has been a slow walking, um, you know, slow motion disaster coming. I think uh, Ted Cruz said it really well. He said, uh, this supplemental bill is a kamikaze plane in a box canyon with no exit headed for a train wreck. And I think that's about right, um, unfortunately. I think, um, look, I don't think we're going to get a deal through Congress on immigration. I think that throws, um, in particular, the Ukraine aid into, you know, a massive question for the foreseeable future. So I don't think we'll get anything done on that in the near term. I think um, things are going to have to get worse before they get better. Uh, I think we'll see, you know, we're hearing from the administration, from uh, NATO, uh, from the Ukrainians themselves. Um, they're under severe ammunition, ammunition shortage. Uh, they're rationing. They're um, they're under real you know real strain and real threat, and um, are becoming are starting to become vulnerable in, in really concerning ways. And I think um, you know as this deal falls apart, as you know Russia is able to take advantage of the situation over the coming weeks and months. You know Ukraine's been out of the media spotlight for a while. I think that starts to change. Um, and I think that's where you start to see the politics potentially change and you start to see, um, you know, maybe more potential for a, for a deal for an aid package to get done. But I think I think it's incredibly challenging and will remain so. John, who's to blame if uh, there's no aid package in the next few weeks for Ukraine and the Ukrainians start uh, losing to the Russians in this uh, existential battle for them? Yeah, I mean, we're all to blame. Um, I think... Uh, I think there's a lot of blame to go around, I think. Um, but I think principally, obviously, like the disunity and uh, the Republican uh, conference um, around this topic has, has been the uh, the immediate barrier. Um, there are a lot of contributing factors to that. The administration owns some responsibility on that front. I think the perception in the media will be very clear in their focus and attention to the Republicans as, as being the holdup and um, uh, and, and I think that's fair. Um, and so I, I think that's how it'll start to play out in the coming weeks. Morgan, I want to throw you a, a little bit of a wild card question here. If if you and let's let's leave the Israel question aside, but if Ukraine aid fails in the next couple of months and there's no new assistance from the from the U.S. and things start to get really dark for the Ukrainians uh, with respect to the Russians attacking them, who wins? What's the implications of that for U.S. policy towards Iran and China and, and you know, geostrategy, generally speaking? Well, so I think you're making the assumption that the, the, the Europeans will, will not come through. Um, I, I am. Yes. Right, right. So assume that the Europeans do not do not come through and, um, you know, defend their their borders. Um, I think this sends a very um, positive message to to Iran, to China, and to all of the adversaries across the world that would love to see U.S. influence um, continue to to erode. Um, I think you know we on this podcast have been particularly critical of the Biden administration for its lack of leadership and its inability to de to deter our adversaries, primarily Iran and the Middle East right now, um, but as well as, as, as Russia for its continued um, aggression against Ukraine and against the West. Um, but I think we also have to ha have sort of a, a, a reality check here and say that if we're not able to come to the the, the needs of the Ukrainians and block Russia from from further aggression um, that that stands on the shoulders of the Republicans as well. Um, I think Congress will bear some of their responsibility here for not um, for not helping Ukraine continue that fight against Russia. 
Yeah, I have to say, um, I, I've got some criticism of of President Biden and the White House, and they, they do need to be all in on this and be using every lever, and I'm not sure they're doing that. But at the end of the day, the responsibility for this failure, and it will be a hugely significant failure for U.S. interests around the globe, not just in Ukraine, not just in Israel. It's going to change, I think, the behavior of China. It's going to make their possible aggression against Taiwan more likely. It's going to make managing that bilateral relationship even more difficult. The blame for that will lie entirely on the Republican Party. It is a massive failure, and the influence of the former president is the, the dominant factor here, uh, and the inability of members of Congress to stand up to this very, very, very bad idea that they do not work with the White House on a compromise here. Uh, so uh, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks so much to Devlin, Bernie, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday, January 29th for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard or saw, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Have a terrific weekend. 